Good morning, everyone. So uh, good morning to everybody that's here and to those that are watching online. Wanted to let everybody know that our missions team last week fed 150 tornado workers uh, in Ohatchee. And I just think that is awesome. So if you see any of the mission team people that did that, say, you're awesome. Great job. Um, also wanted to thank everyone who donated items to the Love Center. We donated tons of items that they took over last Sunday on our big Palm Sunday celebration took all those items over to the Love Center, and that shelter is so appreciative of that. Um, and also, our egg hunt was yesterday, and Catherine Barnes did an awesome job. The egg hunt was fantastic. There was an e the Easter Bunny was there. It was amazing. So really cool. Um, wanted to let everybody know our Wednesday nights are amazing. You should check it out. We have uh, kids and youth activities at 6 p.m. Uh, also, an in-person Bible study with uh, Harriet Murray, and everybody loves that class. Pastor Sam has a virtual uh, class on Wednesday nights, but he has an in-person class on Wednesdays at 11, and that's a great class as well. And join us for our services. We have services on Thursday. Uh, we have Mosaic on Tuesday at uh, 6.30. And then we have, of course, celebration at 9 and traditional at 11. So invite your friends to uh, join us uh, in person or online. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we are so thankful this Easter Sunday. We're thankful to be worshiping together in person. We're thankful for the resurrection. And we are thankful and we have joy this beautiful morning. Uh, we ask that you will bless this service and that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Be my song 
Christ is risen.
resurrection floods the night as hope prevails to shine salvation early this morning but can I get an amen after that amen it's Easter you look so handsome and beautiful 
It's so wonderful to see you. It's so wonderful to get to worship with you online. If you're out there and you're worshiping with us on this Easter morning, say something. Say hello. Say hallelujah. He is risen or something. It's, it's just wonderful. It just feels so good to get to worship like this on Easter. And I hope that you feel it too. We have our beautiful flowering cross over here that went from being palms to blooming. We have all these Easter lilies, which if you have allergies like me, you're kind of double thankful. We've got a little mask going here. Maybe keep the pollen out a little bit, but we're good. We're glad to see you. We had a wonderful Palm Sunday last, last week. I don't know. Someone asked me, how are you going to top having donuts and hot dogs and donkeys? I don't know, but we're going to try. It's going to be great. We have Easter Sunday. Uh, Miss Catherine and all of the children are about to go to Children's Church right now. They had a wonderful time with the Easter egg hunt yesterday and, and out at the Casey's farm, and it was, it was great. It was awesome. The Easter Bunny made an appearance. All right, we have one couple coming from the back. I just want to remind you while they are making their way to Children's Church, we have um, offering plates up here and back by the other door. You can place an offering in there. Um, you can always give online. It's Alleluia offering time. And so if you can give an Alleluia offering this year, we got some wonderful, great projects that we're working on for our church. We have uh, the children's worship room, which is very exciting that we're turning in. We're connecting two classrooms and turning it into an awesome worship space for our children. And so that's so exciting. We have a bunch of other new projects that we're working on, some that are kind of continuations of things we're already doing. And um, just, just to try to make things better, um, we need all the help we can get. So thank you for your help. Um, we love to hear your prayer request. If you have one, you can jot a note, put it in the offering plate. You can, you can send it to us by, at fumc at fumcgadsden.org is our email address. You can email it to us. Um, you could just come and tell me. We have a prayer team that's active. Even though they don't meet together as much as they used to, um, they're still active, and we still pray for you. So I want to pray for you right now. Lord, it's Easter Sunday. It's just a reminder of why we gather together every Sunday morning. We, every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday when we remember that there is hope beyond the grave, that you have defeated death, hell, and the grave, and that you've given us new life. What a beautiful thing to celebrate in the spring of the year when, when new life is blooming all around us. It reminds us of the hope that we have in you. Lord, we remember where we were a year ago. We remember how frightened we were. We remember how uncertain we were. And this feels even more like a Resurrection Sunday. So, God, I pray for each person who has a strong need right now. Um, I pray for anyone who's struggling with, with illness right now or loneliness or despair. And I pray that the Easter hope that we have today will be something that they feel even now. Thank you for your blessings on us. Receive our tithes and offerings and our Alleluia offering and bless it to your kingdom's glory. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen.
Great I am, a crown of thorns upon his head, the Father's heart display for us, oh God, we thank you
I always appreciate our praise band, and I tell you what, I could just sit here and just, y'all just keep on singing. I mean, uh, it, I appreciate it uh, so much. I want to just say a couple of things before we get started, or, or as we get started. Today would be a great day for you, if you haven't already done so, to, to download our church app. I, don't, I haven't said anything about it in a, in a good while, but you know, all you have to do is go to your Apple store or your Android store and, and uh, look for that church app. It's, it's free. And if you download that, then you can go and you can, watch, um, you can watch former services or Bible studies. There are archives there. You can get announcements. You can, um, you can help stay in touch. Our theme of after Easter is going to be to reconnect because I think that's one of our, our biggest things that we're going to need to do over the next year is to feel like we can reconnect. Um, and so a great way to reconnect is to get connected through our church app. Download it. It's, it's fun and, and you, can, you can do all kinds of things with it. You can play games on it. I'm just kidding. You can't play games on it. But uh, you could do just about everything else. So, so download that, and that'll be helpful. Um, I want to um, ask you to turn with me in your Bible, or it's going to be up on the screen there for you, to John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18, as we consider the theme, Beyond the Grave. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they put him. So Jesus and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside he saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him. And I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. 
Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I'm returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I've seen the Lord. And she told them the things that he said, these things to her. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There are so many lessons in life that we just have to learn the hard way, right? Uh, one of those lessons has to do with defeat. And I remember uh, learning that the hard way. Um, when I was in school, I, I, I played football, and our team was um, a football team. We weren't great, okay? So sometimes we won, and sometimes it was great. And I remember the, the pep rallies that we would have to get everybody fired up. And, you know, the band would be playing, and we would, uh, we would, we would kind of uh, march down through the auditorium, and we'd all sit up on the front of the stage. Cheerleaders would be up behind us cheering. Everybody would be you know, stop looking, listen, here comes the mighty Indians, you know, we were all, everybody was all excited, and then, you know, we would sometimes have an away game, and we'd get on that bus, and we'd drive into town, and we'd be banging on the sides of the windows like, yeah, we're going to kick your butt, you know, we would, we'd be all excited, we'd run, and you know, they had that, um, that big paper thing with, with things painted on it that you run through, you just like, I always wondered what would happen if they made it like too strong and then the football players couldn't get through it. But we'd crash through there, run on the field, band playing the fight song and everything. But then sometimes you have that lesson of defeat. And sometimes it's really bitter because you, you practiced hard. You worked hard and you were excited. You just, you just couldn't get it done. And you came out on the losing end. And I remember... The ride home was what sticks in my mind the most when I think about the lesson of defeat. The ride home, I remember the, the darkness. It was dark on the bus and, and the silence. You know, nobody was joking and laughing and cutting up and everybody was just kind of stuck in their own little world and they were just playing it over in their mind, right? Remembering, what if I had made that block? Or what if I had made that tack? What if I hadn't fumbled? Oh, man. Maybe, maybe we wouldn't have lost. And then when you, when you pull in, you pull back up to the field house, you know, and you get out, and there's no victory bonfire there, Right? There's no spirit line leading you in. It, it's, there's just silence, loud silence, you know, and darkness. Defeat is a hard lesson to learn. It's a bitter pill to swallow. There's another hard lesson. There's another hard lesson that I had to learn kind of early in life. You probably have had to learn this uh, before in your life, and that's what happens when somebody that you really love dies? I remember um, Good Friday in 1978. 
uh, a lesson that I was just 17 years old. I didn't want to have to learn this lesson, but my father passed away on Good Friday. And I remember coming home late on Good Friday night, and I had, it, it, it was just the same thing. It was the darkness, and, and it was the silence, and it was the absence of my father's voice. It was the, the, the seeing of him everywhere I looked. Everything reminded me of him, and everything that I did that night reminded me that he wasn't there anymore. And it was hard. So I'm telling you that because these hard, bitter lessons were the lessons that the disciples had on their minds. They had fought long and hard. They were so excited when they came into town on Palm Sunday. It was like a pep rally, right? Everybody was cheering, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Waving palm branches. It was just like a big, huge pep rally, right? But then, then they saw Jesus arrested. And they saw him betrayed by one of their very own, betrayed him. And then they all ran off like a bunch of cowards and left him. And there they're sitting like in their own little world, right? In their own little world of silence and darkness. And their own little replay loop of, man, what if we hadn't have done that? What if we had, you know, what if we had taken a stand in the garden? What if we had all pulled our swords, right? What if we hadn't? At least abandon. What if we had been willing to go with him and be arrested too? What if we hadn't have just been losers? And then that Friday, he was crucified. They learned the, the hard lesson of death. The one that they loved, the one that they'd been following for three years, the one that everywhere they look, everything reminded them of Jesus. They could hear his voice ringing in their ears. Everything they saw reminded him, reminded them of, of what Jesus had done for them. And they were left with their what ifs. So Mary Magdalene, thinking about this lesson of death, taking it... As hard, if not harder than anybody, one of the unsung disciples of Jesus went early on Easter morning, that first Easter morning, still having Jesus' voice ring in her ears, still seeing his face everywhere she looked, still thinking about what he had said to her, still remembering what it felt like to feel forgiven the weight of shame and guilt when Jesus forgave her, still thinking about the freedom, right? When Jesus cast the demons out of her and she was free, still with that running around in her mind. And now all she could do was all she could do. And that was just to anoint his body, 
to just say a proper goodbye to him and to just mourn him. That's all she could do, just mourn him. But she got there, and to her shock, the stone had been rolled away, and Jesus' body was gone, and just the, the shock and the anger, I think she was really hacked off because, you know, first the shock, you expect the body to be there. It's not. The stone's been rolled away. And then the anger. What in the world? Why would somebody steal Jesus' body? Now she couldn't even do the one thing she thought she could do, which was anoint his body. Who would do such a thing? She ran back to her friends, the disciples. They were still in their little lost world of what ifs. And she shattered their silence by this news. Somebody stole Jesus' body. They've taken his body away. We don't know where it is. And then, as low as they felt, the disciples must have felt even lower. They had already learned the lesson of defeat. They'd already learned the lesson of death. And now, despair. I mean, how much lower could you go? Peter and John ran to the place that Mary had come from. They ran to the place that was the symbol of death and defeat and despair. They ran to the tomb, which was, if anything, a monument, a monument to death and defeat and despair. They ran to the place to where when you hear it, you think, well, that's it, you know. You literally think, dead end. That's the end of the road. And Peter and John got there, and they saw it. They still didn't understand, and they ran back home. But Mary, Mary stuck around, and she cried, and she cried tears of death. She cried tears of despair and defeat. And then she looked into the tomb again, and she saw two men sitting there. They were angels. She didn't know they were angels. And they said, woman, why are you crying? And she said, why am I crying? They've taken the body of my Lord away, and I don't know where they put them. At this point, all she still wanted to do was just to be able to anoint his body. And then she turned around and saw Jesus. She thought he was the gardener. She didn't realize it was Jesus. You see, she'd done a very good job of learning the lessons of defeat and death and despair. These lessons she had learned the hard way, but she'd learned them well. And then Jesus called her name. And she knew his voice. It was a voice not from the grave. It was a voice from beyond the grave. And all she wanted to do was hold on to him, right? All she wanted to do was just cling to him. But Jesus said, you got to go back and you got to tell the disciples. And she ran back. And can you just imagine her excitement when she said, I have seen the Lord. I've seen him. You see, the resurrection teaches us some new lessons. Oh, we've learned the other ones. We've all learned defeat. We've all learned death. We've all learned despair. But there's new lessons to be learned. 
We've all learned about the grave, haven't we? We've all stood at that place that everybody thinks when you stand there is dead end. That's the end. That's it. Finito. Final. Nada. Nothing else. But you know what? The resurrection turns defeat into victory. And the resurrection turns death into life. And the resurrection turns despair into hope. And the resurrection turns darkness into light. It changes everything. Everything. If it weren't for these new lessons about the resurrection, none of us would be here this morning. You wouldn't be worshiping with us online. You'd have something else better to do. If there wasn't anything beyond the grave, if there was no resurrection, if Jesus had not triumphed over death and the grave and conquered all of that, if the end of Jesus' life on the cross had been the end of Jesus, then he would have been just another prophet. Just another man who lived a good life and taught some people. But he did. He did rise from the dead. He did conquer death, hell, and the grave. He did take the keys of death and hell and rise again. And because of that, everything is different. Because of that, there is something beyond Something beyond the grave. And we can live, all of us can live as people of hope. You see, we're all going to face death someday. But we'll face it differently because of what Jesus did. Because of the resurrection. Jesus said, because I live, you will live too. He who lives and believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And where I go, there you will be also. Whoever believes in me will have everlasting life. This is the heart of the Christian message. This is the light that pierces the darkness. This is why that we can stand at the grave of a loved one and through our tears we can hear the voice of Jesus saying, why are you crying? I know you're sad. I know it feels like the end. I know it feels like the worst thing ever, but there's something beyond the grave. And it's everlasting life. It's hard. You know, we've had a hard year. I don't know if you're the type of person that sits down and ponders things, but it's been a terribly hard year. We've lost friends and family. We've, we've lost businesses and livelihood. We've lost confidence. We've lost so much. But the resurrection tells us of life beyond that. Life that is not affected by COVID-19. Life that is not affected by any pain or disease. Life where there is no hatred and no prejudice and no orphans and no refugees and no hunger and 
A place where there's no tears. All the tears are wiped away. A place where there's peace and joy and love and acceptance. There's something beyond. There's something beyond. And Jesus has given it to us. That's the Easter message, y'all. That Jesus conquered death and there's life and there's hope beyond that we live today as not people just in our own little bubble of regret, our own little bubble of what-ifs, but we live with the Easter message that Jesus has given to us. And we live with an Easter mandate. And our mandate is to take that message, take that good news, take that hope and give it to People who are sitting in darkness. People that are like the disciples were just kind of huddled in their own little world of what ifs. Take the good news. The victory's won. I read, uh, I'm kind of a history geek, and I read uh, about the end of World War II. Uh, there were places in the world because communication was not what it is today, but there are places in the world where people went on not knowing that the war had ended. And, and there was one place in particular, there was a, a group of Laplanders who had not heard about the end of the war, and they continued to live as if the war were still going on. They continued to live in darkness because people turned their lights out because they were afraid of air raids. They continued to, to huddle together in fear and in darkness. They continued to, to be just paranoid at every little sound that they heard. The war was over, you see. The victory had been won, but they had not heard the news yet. It hadn't reached them. So how many people do we know that are still living in fear, still living in darkness, still living in a world of regret because they don't know that Jesus won the victory over all that? Could we be the one to take the light to them? Could we be the one to say, yes, there is hope? It might seem bad right now, but there is hope. Maybe we just need to be reminded this morning because it's easy to forget. It's easy for us to forget the Easter message. We just need a good reminder. When I was a kid, we used to play a, a game where we would gather uh, in our front yard. We had big old oak trees, and they had lots and lots of leaves. And we'd, we'd gather and we'd rake up a big pile of leaves. We have one of our cousins or our friends or neighbors would, would lie down on the ground and we would, we would cover them up with the leaves, right? And um, just, just bury them, a big pile of leaves. And then we would all march around the leaves and we would sing as we were marching around the leaves. Slowly we sing, Lo, in the grave he lay, Jesus my Savior, waiting the coming day, Jesus my Lord. 
And then we would sing, up from the grave he rose. And whoever was buried in the leaves would jump out of the leaves. And then we would all go running off. Don't tell me you didn't play silly games like that with your cousins. If you didn't, then you just had a stunted childhood. I don't know. It was fun. You know, we would all laugh. And then it would be, okay, it's my turn. It's my turn. And then we would bury the next person. We'd do that same, low in the grave. You know. Well, I know as silly as that sounds, I know it was a, just kind of a, a kid's game, but it reminds us about the resurrection hope. Because, you know, we would be, we'd be marching around that pile of leaves and we'd be singing that dirgy song, you know, that dirgy part of the song. But we would be anticipating Right? We would know that it wasn't over. We would know that there was going to be a resurrection. We would know there was going to be laughter and joy. We would anticipate. We weren't afraid. We weren't afraid that our cousin that was buried under the leaves was lost forever. That's the message of Easter, you guys. That we don't have to just sit in darkness. That we have hope. There's something beyond the grave. And it's there because Jesus conquered death. Because of Easter, the worst thing is not the last thing. It's the next to the last thing. Weeping lasts for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, how thankful we are for what is beyond the grave for us because of our hope in you. That you have conquered the grave, that you've conquered death. That the sting of death is gone. The grave has no hold over us because of your resurrection. You died so that sin would have no hold for us, over us. And that we could have forgiveness and everlasting life. And then you rose again to remind us that even in the darkest of times, the worst thing that happens is not the last thing that happens. Thank you, thank you, Lord, for giving us Easter hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Bye.
Amen. Okay, will you be seated for just a second? We got something else cool. We got something else cool going on today. Um, come on up here, Pastor Andy. A couple of years ago, Pastor Andy and I um, got to thinking about, you know, what if we started a, a, a service that was kind of crazy, kind of different from every other kind of service? And um, what if we started a service where people who had been hurt by, maybe hurt by church, or maybe never felt welcome at church, were truly welcomed? I mean, we didn't just say welcome everybody. We really meant welcome everybody. And we would be willing to go wherever we did. We, we call it Mosaic. We started it and started meeting down at the Back 40 uh, Brewery and on Tuesday nights. And just people from all around started coming. I mean, we'd done mission work together. We'd gone on trips together. We've met. During the pandemic, we would meet outside in the courtyard in different places, and sometimes virtual, sometimes online. I can't thank Pastor Andy enough. He's been the, the one who's had the, the passion to keep this going. He's a pretty enthusiastic guy, if you haven't noticed. Um, and we've, we've seen wonderful blessings, made wonderful friends. One of our Mosaic friends is going to join our church family today. I'm so excited. Shelby, will you come up? And anybody who wants to, any of her friends or family that wants to come up here with Shelby, Shelby Russell is just, I can't tell you enough. You need to get to know her if you don't know her. Um, she is a tremendous, wonderful person. She's got a beautiful baby named Felix. And she wants to be a part of our church family. We're so excited. Um, Daniel's back there and some more friends and family. Shelby, um, we welcome you to this family. And Pastor Angie's going to ask you the membership questions today. I was just going to add, a lot of you know Shelby because Shelby came to youth group here many years ago. So everybody recognizes Shelby. Shelby, will you be loyal to the United Methodist Church and uphold it by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to Gadsden First United Methodist Church. Welcome. Thank you so much. Like I said, if you haven't met Daniel, if you haven't met, met baby Felix, he's, he's precious. And, uh, and we, we love all of our Mosaic family, and they're part of our church family. Um, so something, to sell, something else to celebrate. So hear this benediction as you go. Go and carry the light and hope of Easter everywhere you go. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>